Cindy. He's been underwater for more than 15 minutes. It's gonna be a recovery, not a rescue. I got something. We got him! We've done everything medically possible. There's nothing more we can do. <laughs> no. Please, God, send your Holy Spirit to save my son. A 14-year-old St. Charles boy who spent 15 minutes trapped underwater is continuing to fight for his life. I don't believe John will survive the night. You don't know my son. He is a fighter. So I need you to be the best for John, and you just let God do the rest. You are my pride and joy. I can't wait to see you shoot those baskets and run up and down the court again. The Smith family asked for one thing. Please pray for John. In the water that day, I was ready to give up, but then I hear this voice telling me, go back. Either I'm nuts or God's talking to you. But I don't believe in God. I believe, but maybe that only goes so far with something like this. I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to walk alongside you for as long as it takes. Did you see the Facebook page? It's gone viral. Tommy? I hope he's gonna be okay. We're not gonna get through this alone. Whatever you have for me, for Brian, for John, I surrender. So let me just reference this quickly. The thing here, what had happened was, the thing here, 20th Century Fox comes out Easter week and it's the first time a secular movie studio, the main character of the movie is the Holy Spirit. So this kid, if you do your Google due diligence, he was dead for over an hour. So he was underwater for 15, was completely dead for about an hour and eight minutes. It's the only medically verifiable resurrection in modern history that's been verified. So it's completely dead. Mom walks in, says, Holy Spirit, bring him back to life, and the Holy Spirit did. And, and hence, you know, every Good Morning America, CNN, Fox, everyone else followed up, and the rest is history. So if you don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, give God 32 more minutes, and you will believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, because this will change your life. Well, first, whatever y'all did right, I don't know where you come from, your background, your pedigree, whatever it may be, but how you all ended up with the best pastors on the planet, that's... that's Come on, help me honor your best pastors, truly. Beautiful, brilliant, anointed, transparent, authentic, the real deal, man. I love, el pastor guapo, que lindo. But I love your spirit, I love your authenticity. You know, because there's like, you're real. You know what I mean? Like the real stuff? And then your love and your heart and your compassion. So I'm honored. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. I'm, 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 you know, are there any questions? Here we go. Okay. So I want to just lay this. There's a word that God placed in my spirit. I'm going to speak in an accelerated manner because I happen, I'm, uh, soy Latino. Y hablo muy rápido. Y esa es la cosa que vamos a hacer. Y el que no entienda que ahora mismo download Rosetta Stone o lo que quiera para tratar de interpretar. Pero eso es. Question de tiempo. It, so I'm going to lay this word. It's a spirit, it's a word, and it's really. And then I'm going to. And then whoosh, minutes are counting down. So we go. Okay. So it's about because the pastor. Did you read my notes? 
did you like reference? Did you did someone in your team? I'm not I'm not being facetious. I'm acting like for real, like to be like the integrity type. So they didn't give you like seriously, because you came up and your tagline at the, in the midst of the whole Acts one and then Acts two that they waited and then they walked in it and then the, the prophetic T-shirt and all that. What you said and you know and and the spirit of God came and and you referenced this this what I'm going to quote now this to be light and push back darkness. So what the Spirit of God placed in my heart is this outpouring, this touch of the Holy Spirit, it's going to turn on the light in your life in such a way that darkness will flee. No matter of fact, let me speak to you. And there's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic, by the way. And I've been in the presence of both, to be very honest with you. I, I, I grew up in church, so I've been in the presence of both. So I fear the Lord. When I tell you something God placed in my heart, that doesn't come out of the womb of emotional exuberance. It comes with fear and trembling of the Holy Spirit. So I'm here to tell you that by the time you get home today, wherever there was darkness, there will be light. Even in your loved ones, even in your circumstances, even in those that you love, even those that you've been praying for, wherever there was darkness, there will be light. Matter of fact, why we're here right now, the Spirit of God is turning on the light. Woo! There's a shift. There is a shift. There, so here it comes. So it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that the first time the universe hears the words of God, God's voice, it wasn't to say, let there be joy, peace, or even love. The voice of the sovereign, the divine, the glorious uttered the following, Genesis 1-3, let there be because God always begins by turning the light on. Life requires light. Faith requires light. To a great degree, metaphorically and prophetically, we live in a Genesis 1-2 moment. And darkness prevailed upon the face of the deep. We live in that moment. We do live in dark times. You turn on CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS, Univision, y Telemundo. <laughs> the only way to say it. You can't say it. <laughs> we do live in dark times. Some argue that we live in the darkest hour. Darkened by sin, immorality, moral relativism, spiritual apathy, cultural decadence, infanticide, racism, pornography, poverty, violence, false prophets, watered down preaching, hypocrisy, unbridled consumerism, voyeurism, materialism, secular tyranny, terror, discord, bigotry, division, strife, injustice, hatred, jealousy, and unbelief. We live in dark times, but whew, I'm not being Pollyanna-ish or optimistic, but let me prophetically declare that this generation will not be defined by the darkness of a spiritual Genesis 1-2. Matter of fact, Oasis, you exist because you will, in Los Angeles, push back darkness because you're not a Genesis 1-2 church. You're a Genesis 1-3 movement turning on the light of grace and truth and love and mercy and forgiveness. You're a Genesis 1-3 church. Matthew chapter five, the voice of God, the voice of our Savior, the voice of Jesus. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. You and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put her under a bow. Instead, they put her on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men and they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let me share with you in the next 29 minutes and 20 seconds. Be light. For when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. 
Let's exegete the scripture. Let's break it down in chronological order. It begins by you are the light of the world. That's identity. Be light by who you are. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. One more time. Be light by who you are. So who are we? It is the quintessential query stemming from the existential womb. Who are we? We can't be light until we discover who we are. We cannot be light until we repudiate every single vestige of identity moratorium. We have an issue of identity, self-identity. We, oh boy, who are we? There is an attempt via the conduit of a, the flooding of very ambiguous nomenclatures and descriptors for the very purpose of diluting your identity of who you are. Who are we? What defines you? What defines you? Who are you? Are you defined by your past? Are you defined by your circumstances? Are you defined by what others say about you? Here's the great news from what took place on the cross. Jesus defines you. You are not defined by what surrounds you. You are defined by God's spirit inside of you. You are not defined by your circumstance. You are defined by his covenant. You are not defined by the hell you're going through. You're defined by the heaven you're going to. To all of my Instagram, Facebook friends, to all of my Twitter friends, you are not defined by the like, 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 you are not defined by the likes of many. You're defined by the love of one. You're not defined by your failures. You're defined by his forgiveness. To all the religious folk in the house, you're not even defined by what you do for God. You're defined by what God already did for you. It's the cross, baby. It's the empty tomb. It's the blood. It's the upper room. You're defined by the Father, the Son, and the Espiritu Santo. You're defined by Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. You are a child of God. And there is an attempt that I'm privy to. There's no conspiracy theory in here. There is an attempt, there's an attempt from the very pit of hell to bring about ambiguity as it pertains to the collective gathering, what we call the ecclesia, the church. So who are we as a gathering? Who are we? Who are we as Christ followers? Are we just another institution in society? Are we another religious faith narrative competing in the marketplace of ideas? Are we a feel-good apparatus for the spiritually impaired? Are we an antiquated conduit for a set of irrelevant values no longer applicable in the world of Netflix? How this generation responds will whether determine whether or not once again light overcomes darkness. Who are we? We must respond with clarity, with conviction, with courage, and with compassion the following. We must be clear about who we are because we're not just anything. No somos cualquier cosa. Who are we? Who are we? Ponte fuerte. Who are we? We tell you who we are. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. We are people of the word. We are salt and light. We are prophetic and not pathetic. We are disciples, witnesses, and Christ followers. We are evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We are children of the cross, fruit of the empty tomb, and product of the upper room. We are the redeemer of the Lord. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are forgiven, free, and favored. We are called and chosen. We are warriors and worshipers. We are the righteousness of God. We are world changers, and we are history makers. And let me tell you, are we streaming? Are we recording this? Is anybody recording this? They are? Oh, for the record, let me tell you what we are not. 
We are not Google. We're not Microsoft. We're not Ford. We're not Starbucks. We're not a political party. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the church. And the gates of hell shall not, will not, cannot, may not, no way, no how, prevail against us. We are the bride of Christ. That's who we are. So be light by who you are, which means you are not first and foremost black, white, yellow, or brown, Hispanic, charismatic, or automatic. We are above all born again, blood washed, spirit empowered children of the living God. Be light by who you are, always remembering that God does not call the perfect, he calls the willing. He doesn't call the one that has it all, he calls upon those that are willing to surrender it all. For when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Are there any questions? Be light. By removing the obstacles, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and hide it. In other words, if you have it, you don't hide it, you let it shine. And our challenge is to remove the bow of apathy, complacency, acquiescence, and fear, and once again lay claim to the stand of righteousness so that we may shine before all men. What, what does that mean? We, we have to push back the darkness by just removing the bows that are trying. Simply stated, today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. We are what we tolerate. Let me say that one more time. We are what we tolerate. Truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political, cultural, or sexual expediency. God does not call us just to tolerate. He calls us to love one another. And while, everybody, and while many people will push back and say, your message of revival and light and outpouring, it's just not applicable because Jesus is coming and this thing is going to hell in a handbasket. Ladies and gentlemen, I do believe Jesus is coming. But while we are waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for his church to stand up. What does that mean? There is a spiritual battle to turn off your light. From the moment you were born, desde el momento que naciste, desde el momento que naciste, que saliste del vientre de tu mamá, ha habido una guerra para apagar tu luz. Are there any questions about that? <laughs> From the moment you were born, there was a spiritual battle to turn off light, turn off your God-given purpose and destiny. From the moment, there's a spiritual battle. And it's not hyperbole. It's not rhetorical hyperbole. Believe it or not, this is going to sound a little bit weird for some. There are real demons and legions and principalities and powers of darkness out there. There's real spiritual warfare. It's not made up. It is real spiritual warfare. I've traveled around the world. This is coming from a former agnostic. This is coming from someone who, who went through a, through a process to come with a living encounter, even growing up in a religious environment. So I can tell you there's a spiritual battle. It's spiritual, Ephesians 6:12. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. What are you saying? I'm saying the spirit of Jezebel, que Señor la reprenda, still lives, prompting men and women who carry a mantle to hide in the cave of discouragement, fear, anxiety, and confusion. The spirit of Absalom still lives, dividing homes, churches, communities, and relationships. The spirit of Nebuchadnezzar still lives, demanding that a generation that carries favor, even in the midst of a Babylonian captivity, bow to the lies of a false narrative that negates grace, truth, and love. 
The spirit of Herod still lives, killing the young in the womb and in the streets, murdering precious dreams and visions. But I've come to tell you there's great news. The most powerful spirit alive today is not the spirit of Herod or Absalom or Nebuchadnezzar or Goliath or Saul. There is a spirit alive in Los Angeles today, more powerful than all these spirits combined. Let me say this one more time for the hearing impaired. The most powerful spirit right now in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your ministry, in your calling, the most powerful spirit in your life, it's not Absalom, it's not Herod, it's not Pharaoh. The most powerful spirit in Los Angeles today, matter of fact, in California, in America today, I would even venture the most powerful spirit in Latin America, in Africa, in Asia, even in the Middle East, the most powerful spirit on the planet today is not any other other spirit than the spirit of Almighty God. The most powerful spirit on the planet is the spirit of Almighty God. For it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, say of the Lord. Zechariah 4, 6, where that spirit is present, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, there is power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which means what? It doesn't matter what vestige of darkness rises up in your life. The spirit of God ushers in the light that will overcome it. For every Pharaoh, there must be a Moses. And for every Goliath, there must be a David. And for every Jezebel, there must be an Elijah. And for every Nebuchadnezzar, there must be a Daniel. For every Herod, must be a Jesus. And for every devil that dares rise up against you, there is a mightier God that will rise up for you. So it's time to remove the bowl. It's time to understand, to shake off whatever life or hell has placed on you. Because the attempt of the enemy, the attempt of darkness is to turn off the light. Understand this. Always remember that what you can't shake off, Jesus washes off. I want you to know that if you're here tonight, and some of you shouldn't even be here right now, according to the enemy's plans, according to the, to the commander and the prince of darkness, some of you right now, this very night, on a Friday night, do you think the moment you were born, the prince of darkness said on that Friday night they're going to be in Oasis LA in, in the last night of the Legacy Conference? Some of you right now should be in jail. Some of you should, right now, should, be, should be somewhere injecting yourself in an alleyway. Some of you should be drunk. Some of you right now should be maybe six feet under. Some of you should be in a hospital room. But guess what? It's Friday night, baby. Let me tell you where you are not. You're not in a hospital room. You're not in jail. You're not in an alley. You're not six feet under. You are in God's house lifting up the name of Jesus because the purpose of God is greater than the brokenness of man. You are here because every single time light stands next to darkness, light always wins. You are here. You are here not because you perfectly held on to God. You are here because God perfectly held on to you. You're here not because your faith is sufficient. You are here because his grace is always sufficient. You're here. You made it. First John 2, 8. I'm writing you a new command. This truth is seen in him and you. Darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. For when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Be light by where you stand. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. The stand represents the facilitative platform on which we shine the light of Christ. So where do we stand? We stand with an uncompromised and unbridled conviction, and this is completely politically incorrect. We stand on John 14, 6. 
There are not five ways to heaven, four ways to heaven, three ways to heaven, or two ways to heaven. With great love and due deference, there's only one way to heaven, and that way is Jesus, and there is no other way. We stand on righteousness and justice, Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing lube and trough, they walk before you as a tent. We stand on a cross. I wish I had a cross. We stand on a cross. and We stand on a cross that is both vertical and horizontal. It is both heaven and earth, righteousness and justice, sanctification and service, holiness and humility, truth and love, conviction and compassion, the prophetic and the practical, missions in the marketplace, orthodoxy and orthopraxy, John 3, 16 and Matthew 25. Billy Graham and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's the new Jerusalem in Los Angeles. We stand on that. It's what we stand on. Let me give you a quick story here. I was, I was invited some years back before I did what we did recently in, in the inaugural. And I was invited some years back to give something, to do a presentation. And it's because of what we do outside this, well, tangential to our calling, but in, in the prophetic, sort of speaking, to the political, cultural realm, I was invited and to, there was an event, it wasn't Christian, it was secular, Washington, D.C., there was a lot of people, and I mean thousands of people, in the Washington Mall, and I was invited by the person who's coordinating, whose name you would recognize, um, and the, the person said, hey, Pastor Sam, come and pray, and I went, dude, it's not a Christian event. It's not even a faith event. And I, and I said, why would you have me pray? And he said, why not? Good point. <laughs> so I took a red-eye flight from San Francisco to Washington, D.C. It was a five-and-a-half-hour flight. It's a red-eye flight, about midnight time departure, sometime around midnight. Red-eye flight. And I took it, and when it went to red-eye flight, the majority of people went to sleep. And so help me, there was a child, a toddler that was crying the entire time. And the entire time, and I couldn't sleep. When we landed, I wanted to lay hands on that child, but not in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so I ran to my place of refuge, my, my place of just of solace, my place of just comfort. So I got to my Starbucks. And when I got there, at that time, I was drinking caramel macchiatos. Not anymore. I've been born again. I've been washed, transformed. The power of God set me free. I'm now into matcha green tea, fraps. No, no whipped cream, no simple syrup, almond milk. Anyway, different story another day. So I get there, I pick up my caramel macchiato, upside down caramel macchiato, by the way, technically speaking, integrity is everything. So I picked up my caramel macchiato, I walk, I walk to the place, and there was close to 100,000 people there. There was a guy named Tony Suarez, Carlos Duran, Angel Nunez, who all witnessed that Tony ended up working for me because of that day. So he's not my VP, but he's, it started that day. So the other people were on stage. When I get to the place, the guy is looking at me and he's telling me, the coordinator, and he says, Pastor Sam, Pastor Sam, I'm going to talk to you. It's about seven something in the morning. I, look, I go, dude, man, I just, dude, I just came from San Francisco, I'm, I, I haven't slept. And he goes, modification, the program's changed. And I go, don't tell me I traveled all that. And, and he goes, no, 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 no. People heard that you were going to pray and that you're that type of Christian. <laughs> what do you mean? That's that, you know, an evangelical, you believe in the, you believe like, I go, okay, what's the point? He goes, so they, they thought it would be like too awkward to have you that pray by yourself, so they invited other people to pray from other religious networks, which is really cool. I have no, no qualms. Religious pluralism is the firewall against secular totalitarianism, so praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition, the marketplace of ideas. So, great, beautiful people. So I went, dude, what does that mean? He goes, well, do you want to pray first or last? And something inside I said, muchacho, ora ultimo. So, I, you know, with great humility, I went, like, let me pray last. So, beautiful people, by the way, nice people. And this sounds like three guys go to a bar. You could ask Tony Suarez, he was there. There's books about it. There's been written books. So, 
over here, there was a, there was a person from a, 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 the Islamic faith, the Muslim faith, a wonderful man. There was a beautiful rabbi, uh, and there was a universalist pastor. Beautiful people, loving, caring people, and, and then I'm it. I'm the, I'm the Christian guy. And so, and so they all prayed in their, in their own narratives, respectfully, beautiful, I mean, from their hearts, of course. And, but the problem is I already had a prayer prepared. It was written. So I'm coming up the staircase and I'm fighting with God, with actually fighting with the Holy Spirit, going like, I, Señor, pero yo no entiendo esto. Tú abriste puerta para yo no este lugar. And I was praying in Spanish so people wouldn't understand it, right? True story. And I'm going, Padre, pero tú, tú dijiste que iba a abrir puerta que ningún hombre podía cerrar. So yo estoy aquí, yo pensé que era tu puerta. Y, y, pero ya yo preparé la oración. And meaning, I, just, I already prepared the prayer. I already have it ready. What am I going to do? ¿Cómo lo cambio? ¿Cómo ahora ahora? Do I pray in the name of love, big wind, comfort? Because I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to, I got, it got, that's not me. I want to love, I want people to love me. And I want to love people. And I don't want people to, so how do I pray? And the Holy Spirit told me, just pray like I've told you to pray. I got this. So I went up, I greeted my, my friends, and these are my friends, I greeted my friends, and, and I greeted them, and they stood there behind their microphones, and, I'm there, and the crowd is already upset, and they're upset because they never signed up for an economical prayer service. They never signed up for anything religious. It was about something else, it was a, a, it was a, a social justice cause, and it had nothing to do, you know, it was, so they're all really, really, really up, like, like, oh God, there's one more praying. And you could look at them, you could hear a pin drop, and they're going like, oh no, otro más que es este. So I get the microphone, I smile around, I look at the microphone, and, and I smile, and I did this, because I had it prepared, so I looked, and I, and I made a prayer, and I said, and I pray, to my friends, and, and with great due deference, I pray in the name that is above every other name. In the name to whom which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. No other name has been given unto man through by which salvation has come into all mankind but that name. The name that is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and there they are saved. In the name of he who saves, who delivers and heals. In the name of he who's coming back again. In the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what happened. Call Tony Suarez right now. Instagram his account. Ask him what happened. For the next, DM him. For the next four and a half minutes, the place erupted. And I don't mean, it wasn't a clap. No, they didn't do this. It wasn't a golf clap. It wasn't like, oh, isn't that special? They shouted like if I said, ladies and gentlemen, you just won $1 billion. Matter of fact, they shouted. And I wasn't shouting. I was just in the name. And they shouted. They kept on shouting. A politician came in, wanted to speak after me, couldn't speak. He dropped the mic like Jay-Z and walked away because they wouldn't let him speak. They kept on shouting for four and a half minutes. They wouldn't stop. So I'm asked, Pastor Sam, even my friends, so help me. They're clapping and they're, and they're, and they're like, they're vociferously expressing affirmation of what I just said. And, and, and they're asking questions. Hey, Pastor Sam, why in the world did people, and they're laughing. They're going, why in the world did people just respond like that? It's real simple. There's still power in the name of Jesus. There's still power in the name of Jesus. If we lift him up, he will draw all men unto himself. We stand on the name that is above every other name. There is still power. If you believe it, give God a shout right now in this place. It is the name above every other name. So let's go. Let me let me show you something real quick. Nine minutes, 24 seconds. Let me show you something real quick. Let me show you something. Let me show you. So, George, help me out here. So put this here. 
Levanta esto aquí. Quita la tapa esa que está ahí. Okay, this is coffee, right? So who, who, prop, prop team, team. Decaf? You never know. Okay, 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 why do we do this? Sorry. Let me, let me hear. Come, 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 come. Come in. And I, I wouldn't need that. Let me hear him. So let me show you something. Let me show you what the Holy Spirit showed me for this conference. Watch this. As we turn, like, hold that there, okay? Si te mojas algo, envíame lo que cueste, porque esto se va a ver aquí. So pon esto aquí en el medio. Ponlo aquí, papito, ponlo aquí. Okay, ponlo aquí. Okay, dalo ahí. Okay, this is... So in Los Angeles, Pastor Philip, Pastor Holly, this is Oasis. Religion says, get rid of the dark stuff. Get rid of the dark stuff and fill it with this. That's not what we're called to do. I don't care how dark things may be in your life. Instead, religion says you got to get rid of the darkness in order for light to shine. But Jesus says, turn on the light and darkness has to flee. Stop doing what's wrong and you will be filled with what's right. No, start doing what's right and the wrong has to flee. Let me explain what that means. I'm going to show you prophetically and I have 7.55 to land this. It's actually, just hold this here. Hold your hands. I'm going to show you it's going to happen. So this is, this, is the, this is dark coffee. It is, it's actually a little bit warm. So I'm going to tell you what you are in your life. And I'm going to show you what's going to happen in Los Angeles in the next few months and years. Be the conduit of this church leading the way and others that will follow suit. There is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to affirm the concept of legacy in the video y'all created. I'm telling you with fear and trembling, there's an outpouring of God that's about to hit this city. That, that, now, this is going to sound weird to some. There's an outpouring of God's spirit that's about to hit Los Angeles. That it, this, this will be, this is going to make Azusa look like the opening act. I'm here to tell you. There is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational outpouring of God's power that will bring people together. Shake Los Angeles. Shake California. Shake America. Shake the world. And you a part of that. I said you are a part of that. You were born for this hour. You were anointed for this hour. You were called for this hour. So let me show you what's going to happen. This is the power of God. Instead of getting rid of the darkness, this is what happens. Be filled with the light. Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. Watch what happens. Watch. Be filled. Lift up your hands. This is what happens. Just lift up your hands for a second. This is what happens. I'm prophesying now in your home. This is what's happening. In your relationships, in your mind, in your thoughts, in your behavior, through the grace-filled work of Jesus, through the vicarious atoning work of Jesus, not you, not your own work, but the work of Christ in you. God is telling you, trust me, I got this. Philippians 1, 6, the work he has started, he will finish in you. It's him doing it. Be filled with God's spirit. Notice, notice, I haven't taken what, no, no, no. When God's spirit comes in, every vestige of darkness has to come out. When God's spirit comes in, every vestige of darkness comes out. Look it up, lift it up, George, lift up. When, dark, when the spirit of God comes in, every vestige of darkness has to come out. I'm believing right now. Your dark days come to an end right here, right now. Let me say that one more time. Your dark days come to an end right here, right now. The darkness of depression, of anxiety, of fear, of confusion. The dark days are over. Welcome, welcome, welcome to days of 
right, all right, yes. Let's do this. For you and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. Here we come. If you believe this, here it is. Here it is, here it is. Every bit of darkness has to flee. Every bit of darkness has to flee. We call that overflow. Every bit of darkness has to flee. 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 Lift it up, George. Lift it up. I want to see it. Los Angeles, that's what's coming your way. There is an overflow. There is an outpouring of God's Spirit that will shine the light of Christ, of truth and grace and love. All right. Stand with me. You are standing. Real quick, right there as you stand. Real, real quick, we got seconds, we have four minutes, seven seconds, watch this. No, no, watch it, this is water. This is still water. So all, all, the, all the scientists in the room, please do your Google due diligence. If you're not, your Wikipedia due diligence, your National Geographic Discovery Channel due diligence, please don't take my word for it. So this is still water. This is, is this, which, which is this water? That's sparkling water? So, so sparkling water, it's agua viva. The difference between sparkling water and still water is that the, the, the molecules, because of the oxidation process, the, if I shake this, Perrier, if I shake this, and then I open it over, over here. Over there. No, but if I shake this and aim it over there, nothing happens, no one moves. But if I shake this and aim it that way, things move. There's a difference between still religion and living relationship with Christ. Are you with me? There's a, there's a difference between static religion and a vibrant, thriving, spirit-empowered, authentic relationship with Jesus. This is Holy Ghost. Are you with me right now? So the molecules, because there's carbonation, the molecules expand in such a way that it prompts the darkness to flee in an accelerated manner. So what, Oasis, who are you? Here's the news. You are not this. You are this. Oh no, this is, this, some of y'all have been experiencing this. Some of y'all have some shakings in your life. You've had some stuff in your life. You thought it was the devil trying to kill you. It was God preparing you for your overflow. You got this all wrong. Because the moment the cap comes off, the moment the lid comes off, are you ready, Oasis? Are you ready? children and your children's children be filled with the Holy Spirit 